got a movie coming on this episode here, ladies and gentlemen. Um, my name is Brendan Fraser, and I'm just here to tell you that uh, I was in a movie in 1992. It was called Encino Man, but for some reason... California Man, please. Over here in, you know, the United Kingdom, people like to call it California Man. We call it by its right name, which is California Man. What I is don't Encino? understand. It's not, even, it's not even a place. It's not even a place. California is a state. It's not like exactly. it's a city or something. It makes more sense. Yeah. You're Encino Man. You can't grasp the concept that Encino is a place, you know. Uh, I bet I bet it <laughs> was know? like, oh my God, like Rancho Cucamonga. Like, you know, when you saw next Friday, imagine if it was called Rancho Cucamonga, man. Oh my God, that'd be crazy. Do you think the Young Bucks were doing would super be- kicks in Rancho Cucamonga, <laughs> California? It'd be, a super, it'd be a super kick party, I think. Yeah. It'd be a super kick party. Yeah, a party but yeah. instead it was, you know, California, man. You know, I wish they uh, could be. I could be California, California man. <laughs> There's plenty of California girls um, in this movie. There's plenty the of California movie. Could, could it be California? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Uh, it's got a lot of uh, things in it that uh, I think a lot of people were like from a movie in 1992. You know, there's a lot of uh, people who are playing. You know. California teenager kids when they are actually old enough to be in college, if not out of college already. And you can tell they all have, uh, you know, the five o'clock shadows. Yes, Good yes, yes. yes. They, yeah. yes they have a man on set that has to shave each young man <laughs> every five hours to make sure that he is clean shaven. And they oh, do that's the job. To the, straight to the skin, straight razors. Straight, oh, straight. No playing around in California. Yes, Polly Shaw's uh, head accidentally got cut off in the making of this movie. Luckily, luckily, Polly Shaw dead. Luckily, they had a stand in that looked just like him. Yes, yes. This is one of the many films where Polly Shaw died in. Yes. 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 Polly Shaw's dead. Great, great documentary. Is it a documentary? Mockumentary? It's like uh, it's like Spinal Tap. Yes, but in Encino. Yes, Encino. Encino. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> this is Charles John the Foster, and I am here today with my California boy. He's a California man. He likes to hit his wife and <laughs> join the clan. No. I don't know. I don't know. I was no, just I thinking about Alabama man. He likes okay. to hit his wife and drink a beer. <laughs> Didn't you remember that? Remember that from South Park? In South Park, yeah, yeah. yeah. Alabama man. Alabama man. And his little kid. <laughs> Maybe a turkey pot pie. Uh, well, God ladies damn. and gentlemen, we are here today, Phil. I I had no off How's topic. I was talking. I was talking about off topic. I was mm-hmm. out with Dusty yesterday, and we were singing that song, "Loving You." Oh yeah. Loving you is easy because you're beautiful. Beautiful. And I did you hit the note? No, I can't hit the note. Um, but like I was just, we were just like, oh, who's that song? No, she was like, oh, that's a crazy note. And I was like, yeah, and it's a guy who sings that. And she's like, no, it's not. And I was like, no, I swear it's a guy. And she's like. No, why would it be like I'm and we couldn't remember who did the who did that song and I was like, no, because in South Park they get a, the guy's brother to come onto the show and <laughs> he sings loving you and he can't hit the note and they've got they've got a whole it's like it's like a weird they're trying to kill like Kathy Lee Gifford or something. Mm. Uh, it's one of those and like but the bomb is like timed to the high note. So they ha- the guy has to hit the high note in order for it to go off. Yeah. 
and I'm just no forever in my head. I'm like, it's a guy who thinks it because they get the brother to do it, and he's not as good a singer. Mm. But then I looked it up, and it's just John Stamos's brother. John Stamos's brother. Yeah, it's not actually him. I think it's just oh. a joke. It's just like, <laughs> but this isn't funny for anyone else. But like this how like pop culture like infects your brain. Because I always took the joke to mean John Stamos did the original, and they got oh, his like. Okay his like not a good brother to come and sing it and he can't sing it not just they got a less a less famous person to sing a well-known song because <laughs> the original is obviously by Minnie Ripperton so yeah um, we can move on and I also confused the song with uh, If You Leave Me Now by Chicago okay because they're kind of the same they, they kind of yeah. go because it, like if you go into it it's like you know because you're beautiful and you do 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 oh baby please don't go you know it kind of it kind of works I yeah. always sing the two together in my head and I thought they were the same song but no one yeah. is Chicago one is Mini Ripperton and South Park is full of shit well if you want to put a little <laughs> film spin on it I always think of loving you from the you know superior vacation movie Vegas Vacation never uh, seen it where, obviously uh, <laughs> where they're in Vegas of course and uh, yeah, I, I believe it's Tom Jones is singing it. And then he gets Ellen Griswold to come on stage and she like hits the note and all these like doves go flying and stuff in the background. It's fucking hilarious. Um, but yeah, cinema. <laughs> Kino. That's Kino, that's, baby. That's Kino, baby. That's Kino. Well, that's I hope like, you enjoyed this week's episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we're here. We had a really fun episode last week where we went through every entire film that came out in 2022. <laughs> yeah, a long episode. I've still not watched any more of them. I will. Yeah, I was just wa- like busy watching all the million films that we had in store for today's uh, recording session. <laughs> so, <laughs> that took me a while. Yeah, I um, was lucky like two I'd seen earlier, mm-hmm. not, like fairly recently, and this one I had to rewatch because it's been a been a minute. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've seen this one. Well, let's just kind of get into it, man. No beating around the bush. Let's uh, last, fucking do it, bro. Last week we were um, talking about the 2022 films and one of the films in particular that we sort of discussed a little bit was uh, Darren Aronofsky's The Whale, which Whale. sees one Mr. Brendan Fraser uh, who you were doing a dead-on impression of? Dead-on impression of. Dead-on. Uh, yes, I'm you know, Brendan back, Fraser. He's back. <laughs> he's he's, back. he's making a comeback. Uh, and in that the episode, <laughs> the Brennazons. We were we were talking about like the Brennazons. We were talking about Brendan Fraser. We were talking about how hey, like you know, maybe there's some room to do some of these Brendan Fraser films that we have been wanting to talk about on the podcast, probably for the last like two years, we just haven't found a way to squeeze them in. Way in, yeah. Uh, so without any further ado, like we're just, we're just going to do our little Brennazons mini arc right here the next it. few weeks, four films, four weeks in a row with some bomb ass old school Brendan Fraser films as we just celebrate the man, the myth, the legend, you know, his return to cinema, <laughs> yeah. our entry point into his career and stuff and what, you know, what we loved about him. And we're going to go through each of these early films as chosen by Phil and I. Mm. Um, Which was hard. It's actually hard yeah. to just, to just yeah. pick four. 
Yeah, because we had like a few that we were like, we got to do these. And then there was a couple that we were each sort of like, I really want to talk about this one in particular. <laughs> mm. So it was sort of like some give and take here and there. But we we main, we managed to get like four Stone Cold Classics in there. Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll reveal each one at the end of the episode for the following week. Um, so just stay tuned till the end to find out what's coming up next week. But one thing that I cut out of last week's episode, because that episode got away from us it was really long (laughs) and i was trying to trim out some bits was the fact that brendan fraser came to the prince charles cinema Uh, i left in just a little bit of it where we basically were like oh he was really nice but i kind of like skipped over the whole experience uh so i kind of wanted to uh relive that little moment uh and talk a little bit more about it for anybody out there who may have seen stuff about it on twitter or Hmm. On it social blew up, media, man. on YouTube, yeah. fucking or, got like half a million views. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's almost a million now. I think yeah. it's crazy. And then I thought it picked um, up everywhere. Yeah, it was picked up everywhere. It was, uh, yeah, there was, uh, it was in our newsletter. So if you saw that and you kind of knew, like, oh man, I wonder if the guys on the podcast are going to talk about this. Yeah, here we go. Um, here we go. So you were there, you were boots on the ground. So I was boots on the <laughs> ground. Yeah, I was one of the few people who actually knew about it. It was pretty cool. Like, um, I found out like the week before oh really uh, yeah i thought i thought it was just like on the day like he might he's here he might show up no like that was that's the thing like i normally come in on a wednesday if i come into the cinema to work during the week and this was a friday night and it was a double feature screening of the mummy and the mummy returns yeah and i think i knew that like i guess by that point we already knew we were getting the whale and we had the screenings on sale and stuff but Paul messaged me. Shout out, Paul, a programmer. Shout he, out. Uh, he messaged me on the Friday before and was like, oh, today's email, we're going to do like, you know, a, like an email about um, the mummy and the mummy returns and then include the whale screenings. But like, you know, just this is on the download. We're not announcing this, but Brendan Fraser might show up on the Friday, next Friday for the mummy screenings because he's in okay, town. The build hype. Yeah. Um, so we weren't allowed to say that he was coming because we weren't sure if he was coming or not. It was sort of like literally like the last minute. <laughs> like we didn't know. It was really funny. Like I think I told this story last week when we were recording, but I cut it out. But it was just really funny. Like no one really knew that it was happening on site. And I came in on it was Friday. Paul and I were kind of talking about it. And I think like just only a couple of people knew. Um at the cinema uh but like you know dusty didn't know who's mm. the duty manager that day and none of the floor staff knew and it was just really funny because like the security guard comes in to do a recce just like to figure out like you know what the space is like how i'm gonna get him in and get him out and you know paul went and met with him but like he just comes in and he's just like oh is this thing where Brenda fraser's at <laughs> And then everybody the knew. Everybody was just like, "What?" <laughs> like, Dusty came up like just so mad at Paul. Yeah. Why the <laughs> fuck like, didn't really you tell funny. me? He's like, "Why do you tell me? I'm the manager. I need to know this thing." <laughs> and we were just like, "Dude, we just like we try to keep it quiet too. We don't know if it's actually going to happen. But now that this guy's shown up, it looks a little bit more likely." Yeah. And then, like, yeah, it was like I think the very last minute we had the everyone in the screen. We had this like trailer rail playing like twice. And we were just like, yeah, yeah, you know, just basically buy time. time. Everybody was in the screen, sat down, 
And uh, we were just sort of like, oh, man, oh, man, please come, please come. It was like four or five of us standing outside just waiting out front. And then, like, he just comes around the corner with, like, a few people and his wife and stuff. And they were all super nice. But it was just so funny. It was just like, oh, shit. And we just instantly just went into the screen. And I'm I'm the one who filmed the video that's, like, on YouTube and stuff. And um, it was just, like, such a funny experience because, like, you know, we have the, like, Paul's just up there, like, you know, without any further ado, here's Rick O'Connell. <laughs> no uh, one knew, dude. No one knew. It was crazy. Like the the pop I, in that I, cinema. That man. pop and like, and I think I made the joke. It's like a, it's like Stone Cold coming out pop. You know, it's yeah, like Rock yeah. Hogan pop. Yeah. I've n- not heard a crowd in that auditorium so loud and yeah. so like clapping for so long. It must have been surreal. It's like one of the few times I've actually been annoyed not being there. Yeah, because I've caught I've been lucky. I've caught a lot of cool events. I've met a lot of cool people. But this shit, like when Tarantino showed up, I didn't care not not being there. But like yeah. I was annoyed yeah, that yeah. I missed <laughs> Brendan Brendan Fraser because like it would it just looked really really fun. Like everybody's obviously like very happy. Kind of came yeah. ca- kind of came in character and like yeah, he was dressed had, up. You, he had like a leather coat on. Yeah, like Dusty was Dusty was saying that he was very nice very sweet towards her and then you were saying that he was fun like you know quoting along with you and paul to this movie in the bar (laughs) and then i I saw the pictures and stuff afterwards and i was just like oh man that's so cool i was like yeah it was really cool man that's cool like no you don't see any other cinemas really pulling that stuff off yeah it was just like such a cool moment because like how loud it was and the like vibes and everything inside the cinema like it just yeah, it felt magical, and it reminds you why you love the place so much and stuff. And it was like yeah, a really yeah. cool Which is moment. rare. <laughs> yeah, and like you know, because obviously, like it's it's such a special moment for anyone who bought a ticket and just weren't expecting that because they didn't know, like no mm. one knew, and they just like went unglued. It was crazy, and then you know, like he's coming off the stage and he's like, you can see the video. Um, he comes right at filming, you. But he comes right at me and just waves in the camera. And then it was like, it's just really cute. And I stopped it right after, but he like continues going up and he had this like white scarf on or whatever. And just like takes it off and gives it to this woman in the crowd. And she's just like, ah, it's so funny. Like, I wish I would have kept filming that. Yeah, dude, it was great. It was total pro Super baby face. Super baby face for sure. It's like he, he came back after like this hardcore injury or something like that. Yeah, exactly. And you thought you never points to the WrestleMania sign. Yeah, dude, it was great, man. It was, it was so funny. And yeah, he was just out in the, like afterwards, we took a few photos out in front of the chalkboard because we like to do that because it looks cool and stuff. And uh, he was super sweet and just like shook all of our hands and just like, you know, talked to us. And yeah, like I was telling you, it's just funny. It was just like sort of, I don't know, like without words really, couldn't really like formulate proper sentences. It was just weird. It was weird hearing him talk. He had like, you know, that's Brendan Fraser's that's voice. That's his fucking you know, that, voice. Yeah. As like, you heard just like, at the beginning yeah. of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh yeah, he yeah, he just started doing like weird little cause I don't know, we we sort of said something and he just started doing like weird little uh quotes from the film that we are going to talk about today. What film is that, Phil? <laughs> It's Good. California Man. No, it's Encino Man. No, it's not Encino Man, it's California Man. It was released in America. Uh, it's American film. It's called Encino Man. Sorry. Yeah, Sorry. But, here, but here in the UK where we live, 
I don't California care. man. I don't. We live here. I, live here. I wasn't born here. I don't care. It's always in right, I, <laughs> <laughs> and Tino till I die. <laughs> Recently, two high school students unearthed a prehistoric man in their own backyard. Ah! Their story is completely true. Encino Man. Flame Oh, he is so greasy. I'm too sexy for my shirt. Too sexy for my shirt. So sexy it hurts. Wow, who's the guy with the dork squad? Is he fine or what? This guy's our ticket to fame and popularity. All we gotta do is get him enrolled in school and he'll help us become popular. He's a looker. Link, be careful! He's dope, I'd go out with him. Go Zongas. I am too sexy for Milan. Too sexy for Milan, New York and Japan. <laughs> Today, buddy, we're gonna discuss the beverage. What are you doing, Mrs. Tony? We figure with a little juice. No, we think the juice. No, we think the juice. Hollywood Pictures presents Encino Man. He's a million years old. Milk does the body good, huh? Great hair. And living proof that evolution is not an exact science. Full day for the wheel. Get down the fresh nugs. Squeeze in the juice. Buddy. You got him talking like you now. <laughs> California teen Dave Morgan, played by Sean Astin, is digging a pit for his pool in the backyard when he happens upon a caveman frozen in a block of ice, aided <laughs> by his goofy friend Stoney, played by mm-hmm. Polly Shore. Dave transports their discovery to his garage where the Neanderthal. That's incorrect. It's actually a Cro-Magnon man. They fail a hundred fucking times <laughs> in the movie. Falls and is revived. When Dave and Stoney find the living and thoroughly bewildered caveman played by Brendan Fraser. Woo! They attempt to pass him off. As a foreign exchange student named Link, resulting in many misadventures. It's the 1992 <laughs> Teen comedy written by George Zaloom and Sean Sheps and directed by Les Mayfield in his directorial debut. This dude went on to do Miracle on 34th Street, Flubber, <laughs> and Blue Streak film. Holy oh shit, boy. wow. All right. Mm. Oh boy, mm. that's, a, that's a boy stable of films. Interracial buddy cop movie. Oh, Blue Streak. Blue Streak mm. is up there. Amazing. Uh, Hot takes out the gate, Phil. And before, I feel like I just need to say this. It's the most 90s movie I've ever fucking seen. (laughs) We got himbo Brendan Fraser showing off how hot he is, but completely aloof to his hotness. And he's just a good dude who's devoid of all 
toxicity. We yeah. got Pauly Shore out there zonked out of his mind. He's yeah. spewing all of his one like, hit wonder MTV yeah. VJ. Fucking, his fucking idiosyncratic vernacular. This yeah. motherfucker is crazy. Geeky main star who's a Goonies alumnus, and he's yeah. de- desperate to impress a girl. High mm-hmm. school bully Classic antagonist school. Who's, who's fucking great. great. So bratty little sister, an amusement park montage, a quickie mart scene, ridiculous amounts of product placement, a makeover sequence to I'm too sexy <laughs> for my shirt. Too yeah. sexy for yes. my shirt. So sexy. You got pro wrestling words. in there as well? Yeah, we got pro wrestling. Uh, yeah. We got a climatic scene Dino Bravo set at a prom <laughs> yes. with a live with a band big, playing number. at said prom. We got a big fucking dance number that everybody knows the fucking moves to. Yeah. This movie's great. Phil. Big bad wolf. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> He's a big bad wolf. Bad wolf. <laughs> I just got mad Teen Wolf vibes from this yeah. movie. Jesus Christ. Uh, hot takes? <laughs> hot takes, man. Well, just, you know, you know, don't harsh on my grindage, Crafter. You know? <laughs> Buddy. Buddy. Julia was saying that she was like, is this why you How? guys talk like that all the time? And Reading I'm like, the what? Ju- She's like, yeah, I feel like you guys like do those weird little Dude. breaks like that between words. And I'm like, do we? We might. But- we might. But- <laughs> <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> back. <laughs> um, Munching on uh, some grinded. Betty Nugs. <laughs> This movie is so fucking quotable, man. It like, is. It, it's insane. Um, it's not. This is a, a hard one to be again objective about. I think, like I think, Junk to Junk, where like, mm. um, I, I rewatched it obviously for this, and I loved this movie as a kid. Mm-hmm. Really, did. and maybe it did like work its way into my vernacular. Um, but I thought it was fucking so funny and so cool. And I thought Paulie Shaw was cool as fuck when I was a kid. I didn't too, get dude. the, I didn't get the over, we didn't get, he was kind of an anomaly here. We didn't get the, I know, obviously I know of him now of mm. like what the, you know, sort of he was in the nineties. Um, but like, I didn't, I didn't really get the oversaturate, oversaturation. I had California man <laughs> and goofy movie. And then yeah. kind of people just sort of referencing him. Oh, I saw the army one, which was in the good. army in, now. In the yeah. army now, that was a bad one. Yeah. Um, but like, I'd never saw Son-in-Law or Biodome, like, and I knew of them later on. Um, so it's just it was just a weird character in this movie. Um, and it's this it's just the first time you see the the weasel. No weasel is the it weasel? in the movie? I don't in know. Like movie. it's his first weasel. Like, I, Cause I know he was like a like a yeah. comedian and then like a TV personality and yeah, then he this made a jump to movie and then just yeah. ran it into the ground. <laughs> yeah, this was his jump into to cinema. Um, I I've got a I've got a little bit about that in a okay. little later, but yeah. So like I find you know I've I it's a hard one to recommend off that because it's probably it's probably very grating, but like I still get a kick out of it. It's nostalgic mm. fun for me, but like. It's a ridiculous movie. It's incredibly stupid, but like it knows, and yeah. like that's sort of the the weird thing about it. Like it it knows what it is, and it plays into it, and so it can have fun with it, and you can have fun with it, and it got some genuinely funny moments, some really funny lines again, very quotable. Brendan Fraser's standout. Like I can't imagine anyone playing that character, making it work, and making it not ridiculous. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, but there were genuinely like good smart moments in this movie which you're just like oh where did that come from that feels like a different movie like the mu- museum scene it's yeah. really great 
uh, always stuck with me. I always thought it was actually a very painful moment in the, in their film. And also like the big sort of blow off between Dave and Stoney. I think it's really well played as well, mainly by Brendan Fraser when he breaks up the fight. I think yeah. that's really cool. Um, it's got all the worst sort of tropes of 19 movies. Like Dave is just like a fucking annoying, he's the nerdy worst. creep. He's the worst. He's the I worst. love Sean Ashton, but it's like, you're a dick. You yeah. can't deserve this. Um, yeah. Tony's fun and Brendan Fraser is just fucking magic. Yeah. <laughs> and like, uh, like I, I really, I really dig California man. It, again, it'd be a hard one. To recommend it actually might be easier to recommend now because people have such affection for Brendan Fraser and they would see it as this thing of like, oh, it's one of his like first sort of breakout movies that's kind of a dumb stoner teenage comedy. This movie would have been way better stoned, I think. I watched it with like a migraine, so I don't think that helps because it's quite loud. <laughs> Just Radmobile, Radmobile, you know? Radmobile, um, Radmobile, it's, Radmobile. It's hilarious, man. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's honestly really like, I really enjoyed uh, going back to it. Um, it wasn't as bad as going back to like a like a dude with my car or uh, no not at all uh, like, uh, like a bubble boy or something it, yeah it's much yeah. maybe it's just kind of it's sweet like it's yeah, a very yeah. sweet movie at the end of the day it's a movie about friendship and like finding your own family and i think that's kind of cool and yes the most naive movie i've ever seen to just look at every kid they meet in the school and each one <laughs> is just like a fucking archetype. You have the break dancers and you yeah. have like the hip hop kids and yeah. then you have the nerdy tech, you know, computer weird kids. You have the skaters and the stoners yeah. and the, the jocks and it's just, and like it's, the sort it's of clueless yeah. it girls. Yeah. It's just everything. And it's so, but it's so like, I don't know. It's just so natural. It totally My works. favorite, like the cool, the cool, like teacher who doesn't give a fuck sort of like, thing as well with yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, the dad from teacher. scary movie <laughs> yeah yeah the dad from scary movie and also like i knew him from another 90s staple of my childhood which was uh blank check he was like the friend i can't remember his name in blank check but he's like the limo driver who like just ends up getting paid by the little kid preston to be his friend because he has no friends <laughs> And he's just like hanging out with Preston all the time. And it's just like, you know, hey, come, you know, hang out. We're just going to go like, you know, do laser tag or, or fucking wrestle <laughs> in this fucking inflatable fucking castle thing. Yeah, it's fucking great. Um, yeah, dude, this film like is total. like I have the exact opposite. Like I am from the like age of like I remember seeing Pauly Shore on MTV and just everywhere kind of in the 90s, you know, and like mm -hmm. I saw like all of his fucking movies when I was a kid, like all of them, all the, the heavy hitters in the army now, biodome, uh, son-in-law was like a fucking favorite, mm. like big time favorite. Like it was a staple and kind of was like on TV all the time throughout my childhood, I guess. Cause it's sort of like a classic around Thanksgiving as well. It's a Thanksgiving film. Uh, let's just stick that out there. And yeah, yeah. Oh um, fuck! We're gonna have to come back to Pauly Shore. God damn it, dude! I am I'm totally fine to come back to Pauly Shore. I love Pauly Shore. I don't know dude, why. I, I dude, I like Pauly Shore as well because I don't have the I think uh, aftertaste that most people I guess in America had, where it got kind of shoved down the throat. But like, yeah, uh, like th I think that's the only thing that hurts this movie. It's just like that's just a fucking poorly sure vehicle. Like even yeah, the fight, just, the, lot, the end credit is like the end buddy. And you're just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you're like this movie's not even about him. He's like, but he, it worked. And I think that's the, maybe the problem with the future. He worked in this, this sort of cool offbeat, like 
side character. I don't even know yeah. what he is. He's like a strung out, like nighty surfer dude. Is that the character? Cause <laughs> yeah. it's not like, that's a thing. It's a, it's a shtick, yeah. right? It's a, it's a character he used to do on stage, like Tim, the tall man Taylor, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he, just, he was totally just, doing this like, and 90s it's, it's, but it's like to the max. You know? Yeah. Like to the point where like, what are you even talking about? Kids don't talk like this. Well, that's a, that, that's another thing. Like Although I'll bring up. I do like, now. Like, grind like itch like adding sorry adding itch to things yeah i still do yeah and i know that from paulie shaw yeah 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 like a little fun ditch little fun ditch (laughs) uh how's your melon bud (laughs) yeah ow my pancreas i still say that i still say that pancreas i love that one yeah no i mean yeah he's great the the 90s were like (laughs) this was just like a 90s like like a thing of the 90s paulie shore and he's just coming off the back of like there was a lot of stuff like bill and ted which paulie shore there oh, is sure. footage sure. of him like going out for bill and ted's like really that yeah, uh, yeah. excellent adventure like he there is footage of him like with alex winter like and i i guess like at that time it might have been like alex winter going out for ted and Paulie mm. Shore might have been going out for Bill, but it's really funny. Like it's a really funny little video you can find of them doing like little uh like screen tests and stuff. And yeah, he was just like a product of the time, man. It was it was a weird time. And I think anyone who from back in that time who might have been like, Oh, I'm sick of Pauly Shore, like I don't think there was ever like a crazy sentiment. It was like it must have just been like Things change, times change. Yeah, yeah. It's not necessarily like it, there was some oversaturation, but I don't think that was the biggest problem. I think it was just like his shtick was like it was played. It was just sort of like it was done. It was done mm. and done, and everything kind of moved on to another fucking era. Like you know, as you got towards the later nineties, attitude era. Yeah, things, <laughs> and Paulie well, Shaw had no place in the actually. Hip hop was becoming a bigger thing. Like pop music was becoming a bigger thing, and like you know that surfer, you know stoner sort of guy was kind of left behind in the nineties. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, his shtick just sort of didn't fly as you went into the new millennium, um, because it was other things out there like Jamie Kennedy, like these other and Andy Dick and uh, Tom Green, yeah. like all these other fucking weirdos that like kind of picked up doing this old the mantle. comedy thing yeah yeah and like paulie shore you know i think if people today who used to like him back in the day even if they thought oh it was overplayed back in the 90s or something like that and got sick of him i bet they would fucking look back on this fondly like and i know oh, yeah, encino yeah. man california man it was a big hit here in the uk so a lot of people would obviously know california man i hear people all the time talk about it like you know here in the uk so it's like it's not like it's such a foreign idea. I think it's just more of Pauly Shore was a foreign concept. And I think a lot of that has to do with like, yeah, yeah. he was big at the time. And I'll tell you how the story kind of happened with how this became more of like a Pauly Shore thing. But you also have to think about the time it was made, 92. The star of the film is Sean Astin, but like Sean Astin's kind of in this weird Post Goonies. In between, yeah. He's pre-Lord of the Rings. Pre-Lord of the Rings. Pre-Rudy. Yeah, it's a year before Rudy, which Rudy was a weird big hit amongst like fucking freaks in America, like these fucking (laughs) guys who love football. It's like one of these like weird stories that like, I'm not going to cry because I'm a manly man, but Rudy, when they lift that boy up in there, 
Oh my god. It makes me think I can do it. I can do it. I can I can play football. Shut up, Jan. Give me another beer. Um <laughs> those kind of guys. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Sean Aston's like a weird one because he was never like, you know, he's never like super hot guy or whatever, leading man. He mm. kind of got left behind in the 90s until he sort of found himself in an, his adult career pl- sure, you know, yeah, playing Samwise. Sure. And, you know, it's Brendan Fraser. Like you think, oh, well, Brendan Fraser. But this was his first starring role. No, so he, d- and he, he wasn't a star. many lines. <laughs> yeah. No one really knew who he was. It was yeah. more if he was an industry, like people were like one to watch, you know, because mm. I think, you know, there was people talking about him and stuff, but like no one else really knew who he was. So mm. the story of Encino Man starts actually back in the late 70s. We have director Les Mayfield uh, meeting the producer and writer of the film, George Zaloom, while they were both attending USC. Uh, they had a friend who graduated a year before them who hit him up, who had gotten a job. Uh, as a PA for Steven Spielberg. And he asked them if they could get access to a camera. And if they could, they can come and shoot some behind the scenes stuff. Cause I was like all the rage back then. Mm-hmm. And it turned out that the film that they wanted them to come shoot on was Poltergeist. So they get on set and everything. And they were like, holy shit, Spielberg's here. Like, you know, still Spielberg actually directed the movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can really tell when you watch it. Yeah, so they show up, they had a camera and like they got given some film and they shot some stuff. And at the end of the day, it was like Spielberg was like, oh yeah, well, you know, great job today. Like, you know, come back tomorrow. And then they just kept kind of getting hired and Spielberg just kept like hiring them over and over and they kind of became his dudes for behind the scenes stuff. And eventually that began cool. like, leading them to other work where they were doing other stuff behind the scenes. And like, they even went on to produce hearts of darkness, the documentary about really? apocalypse. Now the making of that. So they're the producers of that. Very cool. So very cool. Speaking of which patreon.com forward slash the PCC <laughs> podcast, get we the about whole it. apocalypse. Now, what, what did we call it? The, uh, <laughs> apocalypse when redux, the Redux version, the Redux, <laughs> yeah. of course. The the complete <laughs> full episode where Phil and I talk about Hearts of Darkness uh, as a bonus. The final, episode. the final directed Redux cut. The Redux <laughs> cut. The final cut will come out one day. I don't remember what we was it a meta episode. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, we maybe. were like, oh, we could do like we'll... a a meta version <laughs> of it, and it will be like. It will be called the final cut. <laughs> I don't remember. It was something we no, said we should, one day. Yeah, we could just review yeah. the book and put it, we'll tack it on. <laughs> <laughs> well, by the early 90s, the pair were eager to start to step out, like, you know, behind from behind the scenes work and start making their own feature film. And that's where George Zaloon came up with the idea for Encino Man. The pair were filming some TV special about the making of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. And they were out seeking like modern day adventures. And a producer told them about a professor who was on a dig in Encino, California. Zaloom said, let's go shoot it. And somebody joked, what is he going to find? Encino man? And I just remember Encino man. I wrote it down on a tiny post. California man. (laughs) Uh, I had it on my wall and I stared at it for weeks. And I kept saying to myself, what if they did find Encino man? It's like what? <laughs> what? What? This is like the fucking the uh, oh, what was the thing? The the were bear? The were bear? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my dad just Your dropped dad out of his script? mind. The yeah. fucking were bear. What if there was a were bear? 
Uh, Zloom also said a big inspiration was when he was a kid in New Jersey, all of his friends had pools and he asked his dad for one and his dad told him if he wanted one, he can go dig one in the backyard. And he took it literally and he got some of his friends together and they start digging a swimming <laughs> hole. His dad comes home and he's like, holy shit, what have you guys done? I didn't actually mean it. Like, <laughs> and what the fuck am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> he also read an article about underground glacial flows, which is something they talk about in the movie. Um, sure, sure. Like they even had to explain it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's it like, fucking mattered. Yeah, yeah. Like you really didn't even need that whole scene, like about the whole Cro-Magnon man. Although it does lead to a really funny moment because you have Robin Tooney, who's like, "Oh, I think he's kind of hot or whatever." Yeah, you know, yeah. He's yeah. like, "No, no, Buff. he's no. he's a Cro-Magnon man. He takes what he wants." You know, yeah. and it's just like kind of creepy because he's like right in her face, and she's like, "Oh." buff <laughs> but, like, but he's later <laughs> but later it pays off because like link sniffs her out and just like jumps down mm. <laughs> like does that flip off the fucking balcony yeah, thing thick down flip. on the floor yeah and then just comes runs after her and starts sniffing her hair so he was right the teacher was right he was kind of right but he doesn't like knock her out and like drag her to a cave he's actually quite sweet <laughs> that's true yeah british right i think that's the thing Brendan Fraser. If anything, he's like not that interested. Like they go to Blade yeah. and he's just sort of painting on the walls with ketchup and mustard, thinking about Betty Nugs. He's thinking about Betty Nugs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, the thing is, yeah, Brendan Fraser is like, he's sweet. Then you have like, the film never crosses a line too much, really. Like, so you were saying mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like it, like, it, you know, is as bad as going back to watching like a, um, you know, it's not like particularly a, offensive. Yeah, um, it's there's not a offensive. few there's a few yeah. F word drops, but like it's like very like nineties yeah. like yeah. bullshit fucking just uh, insults. Yeah. Um Yeah, it's, it's it just never feels like it's that, like harmful or like gross or anything. Like it's it's for the most part, it's kinda like chill. And I think that's mm-hmm. why I feel like it still holds up today. Like it's mm-hmm. still really fun. Yeah, some I'm of the, the fucking like language is dated, like in terms of not, not like the like you know throwing the f word out, but like um, everything Paulie Shore says. <laughs> everything Paulie Shore says, which again is not even real anyway. None of that's real. But like all the kids <laughs> using like the valley slang and stuff, like all that's yeah, like yeah. totally dated. Like no one talks like that anymore. Yeah, but it's become like uh, I think I, you know, it's a cult film. I think I would. Mm. I think it's fair to say I've seen enough yeah. references of it, and even just I'm I only say it now because I've just remembered because I watched. Royal Rumble over the the past week. Yeah, dude. Uh, fucking that that thing that thing. Would the Alpha Academy do? Alpha Must Academy. I was going to bring that up. Yeah. Sorry, they. That, shush, that, shush, 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 please. I'm like, uh, that's shush. definitely from California, man. Right? Yeah, it has to be. I'm like, and that's be. just something the bad guy done. It's like, exactly. A couple times. Yeah, it's shush. exactly the way he does it too. Shush. Yeah. yeah. Shush, please. Like, and that's their opener. Like, that's their glass breaking uh, moment when they come out. Shush! <laughs> I don't shush, like please. you. And right now, I'm all over you. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's great. He's so funny. He's no good. And he's uh, also in Wayne's World. He's yes, fucking great. Yeah. He adds the underwater glacial ice flows, ties that together with digging the swimming pool. And he's like, that's how they find him in Encino. And they start to pitch the idea around. And eventually they found a former friend in Dan Halstead. So this guy was uh, just made a senior vice president of production at Hollywood Pictures, which is a division of Walt Disney. They had a meeting with Halstead and they pitched him all these ideas and they all just sort of fell flat. I guess like 
yeah, Mayfield, Les Mayfield and George Zaloom, they had like, you know, more than just Encino Man, but they were pitching all these things. It fell flat. So Zaloom just goes, well, I got this idea. It's called Encino Man. And he's like <laughs> out of the corner of his eye, you can see Les Mayfield. And he's just like, no, not that one. Not that one. God damn it. No. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, it's about these two kids. They find a caveman frozen in their backyard and he comes back to life and he takes them to high school with them. And Halstead basically replied, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> but Halstead did pitch it to Disney boss Jeffrey Katzenberg and he liked the idea. So he bought it. And at the time, Katzenberg was like all about the idea of making a lower budget movie. So he, he had basically like a memo that he would give out to people all the time. And it's like seven million. Here you go. <laughs> so, <laughs> seven million. This film was made for seven million dollars. Uh, they had no script. Les Mayfield and George Zaloom <laughs> just hired budding screenwriter Sean Sheps to help them work on the script. And they just start thinking about casting. And that's where Pauly Shore comes into the picture. And this is why it probably feels like it's mostly a Pauly Shore <laughs> film because... Because he didn't have anything before he showed up. Yeah, and Disney is actually the one who pushed Pauly Shore onto like Les Mayfield and George Zaloom because at the time he was blown up on MTV as a VJ. He had his whole Pauly's World thing and his whole like fucking weird shit, his whole shtick rock, walking around California. It's actually fucking phenomenal to watch. I love it. Like... I don't know if it's just because it's vibes like of the time and like a fucking era that I hold fondly. Like it's just, that's the thing about this movie. It feels like fucking vibes of the 90s. I love it. I love it so much. I want to go back there. It's like an Anthony mood board. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Of like naive fashion and shit. Yeah. It's so good. Like there's these videos you can see of Pauly Shore just walking around like on MTV, just like talking to random people at the beach. And it's like a lot of it feels staged, but it doesn't matter. It's just funny. Like he's just weird and quirky and funny. And he's got like cut off shorts and no shirt on. Mm. He's, he's like kind of cut, you know, but he's a weird little squirrely guys doing the Mm -hmm. weasel thing. It's just funny, man. He's just hilarious. Mm. And, And like, it's been just like weird fucking like, you know, fucking metal music or something playing like you know it's just like hilarious which is Um, this movie basically (laughs) yeah yeah uh so yeah katzenberg found him through this guy named peter paterno who used to run hollywood records which was disney's like Mm -hmm. uh, soundtrack label disney eventually ran this by george zaloom and les mayfield and they were completely against it but disney was adamant that he would really help them get the film out there which was true And they eventually met with Pauly Shore at a comedy show in L.A. at the Comedy Store. And they actually fell in love with him because he was just like super fun. And Mm. originally they wanted him to play the caveman. But he was like, nah, nah. I'm not playing the caveman. Like Ringo Starr. (laughs) He says, I'm not playing the caveman because cavemen don't speak. They grunt. And I have a whole kind of language. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying, Krusta? <laughs> so they all they all agreed and they rewrote the character as the best friend as Stoney and Pauly Shore mm. basically helped them incorporate also the all of his, his uh, catchphrases like wheeze and nugs and your edge and because I'm wheezing all your grindage, <laughs> just chill, like buddy, Brian. that whole fucking thing. Uh, he bruh, completely bruh. changed the whole character as the best friend is because it was originally, it was just going to be like a nerd, just like Sean Astin's character, but they helped him craft it into this like crazy sidekick who hangs out with this nerd. And then they find a caveman. Mm. 
I like that. I like the whole like they're both kind of outcast in a weird way. Yeah, yeah. And like, they and would Paulie, be friends and, in a weird way, and Sto- right? And Stoney, because Stoney's just like a nice dude. He's like, yeah, I like this dude. Mm. I'll hang out with him. And like nobody else is hanging out with him, and nobody else is hanging out with me. But I don't care because I'm a ha- you know I love myself. I have I'm happy yeah. with myself. And he's like the coolest like dressed fucker in the movie. Like I yeah. feel like I'm surprised there's not more like the more people haven't picked up this movie just off poorly short fashion. I yeah, feel like that yeah. Sort of style that whole style like '90s style is in. Anyway, oh yeah, that's so. comeback. Yeah, that's comeback. Yeah, dude, it's just like it's so good. Like he's he's so funny and he is just really sweet in this film. It's one of these things like I always remember him being cool and sweet and stuff, but like I don't remember Dave being such a dick. Like I remember yeah, right the whole away. right away. I'm just like, thing, oh, like just, dude, just leave her alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I remember him being like unreasonable and jealous. Because of Link Especially at the end, yeah. And stuff. And that stuff plays and it could still play, but I think they went a little too hard on him being he's he's like a miserable piece of shit, really, isn't he? He's just like <laughs> he, he does, sucks, yeah. man. Dave he, he sucks. And it's Dave it sucks because I like Sean Ass, and I think he literally is the only thing that helps pull you through to the other side and see to the other side with this guy yeah because he sort like of redeems him. himself and he's a good like actor and he does redeem himself but like yeah. it's this thing of like and i don't think it's written to be like that i think that was just he's written in kind of a very standard like uh nerdy lead archetype yeah. trying to get trying to get um you know trying to get the girl and like mm-hmm. it's just at this point i think at this point in movies and also watching it 20 years later it's just like that's kind of outdated, and we know that kind of yeah. behavior is quite toxic and shouldn't shouldn't be like sort of rewarded or glamorized. Like, um, you know, you're a big uh, TBBT fan, right? Yeah, <laughs> Big Bang Theory, right? Like the big problem with Big Bang love Theory it. is, but it's, it's a <laughs> love it. It's a bunch of bunch of nerdy guys who you know, and the show is like sort of making fun of them and they're sort of weird habits and stuff, but they're like really awful people. They're really toxic towards each other and towards yeah. women. And they feel very, you know, like entitled and owed and um, it, it's not healthy and it's not um, a good thing to sort of glamorize or like uh, put out there. It's just funny and cute. And that's the thing. I think the movie is just not seeing a problem with it, but like now looking back, we're seeing a problem with it. It's just because it's right off the bat. It's like I'm digging a hole because I want to throw a party because I want everybody to like me. Yeah. And I want this girl who like I was friends with as a kid to really like me, even though she's like dating some other guy. And it's like, you need that guy to be an arsehole for you to even root for Dave. Um, yeah. But you know, yeah, you yeah. don't really root for him. You just end up rooting for like Link to like bring everybody yeah, back together. Yeah, yeah, I think um, I think how they could have fixed this was like literally just take a page out of other films from around the same time or in the eighties, where you basically just had the guy who is relatively likable. He can yeah. still get jealous of Link. And still like want to send Link away because that is like a nice moment and everything where like, you know, it kind of all like comes together. Polly Shore confronts him. They have a yeah. fight and Link pulls he, him together. He, his family. He, he leaves him on the side of the road like a yeah, dog. It is so like, weird. yeah, it is that. But by that point, you're just like, fuck you, Dave. Mm. Fuck you. Because you've, you've had this no whole fun, film. This whole movie. Yeah, this whole film. You're just such a drag. But I'm OK, like with him wanting to dig the pool to like the idea of getting popular. That's fine. Yeah, he starts the whole thing. He has that awkward position. He needs to be the most active person. He gets yeah. the film going. 
that's all good and fine and dandy. I think it's just these moments in between with, particularly with Robin, where he's like, he's too pushy. It would have been way better, too pushy. It would have been better if he was played off more like having a crush and he's afraid to tell her. And she's yeah. really like, you know, like, she's you know, like there's friendly like, with the, they're she both really friendly. Nice to they're they both friendly, like yeah. each other, but it's like, it's the stuff that's not said. Plus she has a boyfriend and it's like, he's afraid to make his move because she has a boyfriend, blah, blah, blah. Maybe yeah. the boyfriend yeah, still will fucking just dial it, it back, bit. man. And also because like, it's too never, hard. I know to like make him like a decent guy. Could he, ne- there's never that moment. Like, I don't really know why she go to Dave by the end. Yeah. Beyond like, he just, you know, gave, given them all this magical adventure. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, she likes Link. She wants to go to the dance with Link. And obviously everybody likes Link. He's a nice yeah. guy. Yeah, because he rules. He fucking rules. Um, yeah. And yeah, David just running around like the parent trying to get everybody to sort of stop. Yeah, yeah. And like, I, Polly Shore is also just like incredibly sweet and stuff. So it's like he makes this so much more. I just, I feel like the whole film likable because Polly Shore is likable. Like you can just kind of like, look past some of this bullshit with Dave mm-hmm. because like Polly Shore's the voice of reason the whole time. And it's kind of yeah, like, those exactly. are things I don't remember. Like, but speaking of Polly Shore, like in him getting, you know, the character written in and stuff. So like the, the screenwriter basically had to sit with him and he'd be asking him things like, what does nugs or wheeze mean? Yeah. And Polly Shore had no idea. Because he was just improving, <laughs> he was improving yeah. all that shit. So yes, yeah, that's why all the stuff he m- says mean multiple is, things. It means nothing, and yeah, of course mean. he's made up this meaning. And they even had these like <laughs> they had these little like um, card, <laughs> like card things, like these. It was like a rolodex almost of like like uh, where you know like, like you remember dictionary? those things in the eighties and the nineties where there would be like a little With like context, like a word and a word here, yeah, and you like spin it around Roll it. for sure, uh, like, yeah, yeah, and it was like you know it's it would be the Polly Shore catchphrase and what it actually meant, like he had those things that they were handing out to people on set so that you knew That's what right. he was saying. Oh <laughs> uh, man, wheezing on the jet, buddy, snack time. <laughs> <laughs> There's something about that look you gave to me I know you can only mean one thing It's snack time In the morning It's snack time In the evening It's snack time I can't wait for you It's snack time To say those words to me It's snack time It's snack time Snack time. I can't wait for you to say it's snack time. You know, I really, I really wanted to go out for snack time. I wanted mm. to do this is just disappointing. I wanted to do four, mm. you know, representing the four food group headline laid yeah. out by Paulie Shore yeah. in the movie. You know, there's fruit, ample amount of meat, product dairy. placement here as well. There's, so there's so many options. And then I was just like, I'll just get one. And I went to go get one. Um, I wanted to get uh, milk dud. Yeah. I couldn't find any goddamn milk dud. Oh. So. Put them under I, your pillow. Hide them from your mom. <laughs> <laughs> so I just got a snack instead. A snack. Okay. A snack. A snack. That's all right. Snack. It's all right. It's not great. Yeah. It could have been better. Could have gone like, you know, sweet tarts. 
Couldn't find sweet tarts. Couldn't find corn nuts. Corn nuts, yeah. <laughs> and I'd like, and I, don't, I didn't, I didn't want like a uh, fucking like a microwave burrito, yeah, or shit like that. Because the closest, thing, yeah, the closest thing to that would be that fucking the rustlers you had. Oh god, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, like microwavable like burritos are are such a thing in America. I mean, you can get like Allison or no, sorry, Amy's. Amy's like do the veggie burrito things. Like, sure, I've not tried yeah, it. Yeah, sure. they're pretty good. The thing, the only like the version of that I really like a hot pocket. Yeah, dude, hot, hot pockets are amazing. So good. Yeah, so so good. But they do have that thing of like you could fuck off and not microwave it enough and get the frozen on the inside yeah. but you like that because you're a caveman <laughs> what is that <laughs> no no that's really funny it's like the bill and ted the, the yeah. guitar thing. and then yeah, one or like, two make up your melons make up your melons <laughs> two minutes two minutes <laughs> it's so funny man yeah. come on it's a great movie <laughs> Okay, so I'm gonna, I'll just get the snack out of the way because I'm imagining you have a really good snack. So it's a Cadbury snack, right? It's a Cadbury snack shortcake for nice. biscuits. Ooh. Yeah, that go. I don't think I've tried this. I think you, maybe you've had this, but I've not. I'm trying to remember. I think maybe I, I know you got, you, you, I think you got something from like Spain that was called a snack. Yeah. Something like or, that. Or, oh no, is no, that like weird thing I got from. Uh, I think it was from Asta. It was some like, but it was an yeah. Italian snack cake. Yeah, just yeah, called it was... snack. <laughs> <laughs> snack cake. Snack. Mmm. Okay. I bet that's so mm. good. Chocolate covered, like fucking shortbready, sort of crunchy bullshit. Mm. Love it. That's hardcore, man. Is it almost like a digestive or that's something? Good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is with the, with like chocolate all the way around. Uh, yeah. Almost. Oh my God, that's really good. Yeah, man. Snack for snack time. First snack of 2023. <laughs> and it's a good one. It's really good. Holy shit. I'm going to have another one. Save the other two. Whew. How many trips on the Mega Mountain roller coaster? Okay, they're riding in reverse yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. Cool. Uh, this is solid, man. I, I give this a four. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent snack. Yeah. Have another one. Um, what do you have? Okay, so we're getting back on Dave here because <laughs> there's this this snack appears numerous times in the film. It appears in in the Seven uh, Eleven as well. Link is holding a bag of them, but particularly it appears it's the first fucking product placement you see on the screen at the very beginning of the film. What do you? I know. Oh fuck! He's I know on the. I wish I. And I wish Mopad. I had a bag right now. You son of a bitch! A fucking bag of Doritos. But I got the tiny that's cheese because that's that's the one he's got. It's the the actual that's cheese. That's my one. favorite. That's that's, that's the my... original in America. There's no tangy cheese. It's just it's just fucking Doritos. Choo -choo. The original. Yeah. Um, Doritos that you're holding my favorite crisp in the world. These are Doritos tangy cheese. I love um, them. They are fucking great. Mm. So I can't fault Dave for... Mm. The American you know, one is slightly different, though. The cheese, like, I've had in New York and shit, um, and it's different, the cheese flavor there. Slightly different. Yeah, they do taste kind of the same, though. They're both it's good. Like, They're both good. All right. So, oh, I can, like, smell it. Fat Phil is, like, just, you know, <laughs> really jealous. 
So, um, here's the problem here, though, Dave. Doritos. Dave's not here, man. I fucking love them. They're fucking great. I like. I love the tangy cheese. I love the Cool Ranch, regardless of which one you have. And I probably said this before on the podcast, but these are social pariah snacks. You do not get the girl if you're <laughs> fucking around with a bag of Doritos from the get go. He's true, rolling bro. up to school on the back of his friend's moped, which is already a problem. But hey, you could, you, maybe you looked by it. You looked past that shit. But in the 90s, that was definitely a problem. Mm. He's hanging off the back of it. And he's got an open bag, a big bag of Doritos. Mm. Hand all in it. Put it, put it all up into his mouth. No, what, Cheese yeah, no shit all over his fingers. Fingers, Cheese mouth, all over his mouth. Teeth. And then he goes up dress. to the girl. And he like, wonders oh. why she doesn't like him. <laughs> 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 Dave, that's your first strike right there. It's Bro. like... It's you're not coming you're in none, too hard you anyway. <laughs> you're coming in too hard anyway, and you smell like a fucking bag of Doritos, dude. You are fucked. You're not getting that girl. It's not gonna no, happen, man. Dave. Mm, it's not, not gonna, gonna happen. happen. You gotta like fucking bring some mouthwash, you know, uh, like fucking like wet wipes to clean your hands. <laughs> you know, you and, and that's that's it doesn't even matter if you do that because you roll up to school on the back of the fucking moped and everybody sees you with the mm. bag of Doritos. So even if you are taking care of yourself, they already saw you. So they, you know, that's a strike against you, Dave. Mm. Social pariah snack. It is fucking good. You're done though. It is good, but you have it in the privacy of your own home and you wash your hands and you brush your teeth. Yeah. Off. And you, the, you don't make plans. Having these, <laughs> you gotta know. Slogan. Don't make plans. <laughs> Just sit home and eat Doritos. Because this is the shit. Like I get it. You know, he's he's hanging out with Stony. Stony probably smoked him out. They head this to is, school. This is, this is I get it. I get it. But I mean, I I'm, just I I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like you gotta yeah. you gotta leave these shits at home. Pick your pick your <laughs> snack wisely, though, man. Like like my snack today is clean in and out. There's yeah. no residue, like it's cool. And it's a sweet aftertaste, <laughs> if anything. It helps. So he should have got some fucking snack cake. This is what Stoney was trying to teach Link when mm. he's showing him the four food groups. He wasn't like, for dairy, he wasn't saying, get your fucking cheese. No, that's not dairy. It is dairy. Cheese is dairy. Yeah. Yeah, cheese and dairy, I'm an idiot. Mm. He wasn't saying, eat fucking bags of Doritos and stuff. Yeah. He was recommending other, more nope, wide no. variety of, yeah, things that wouldn't, you know, ward off the babes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and also it's like shareable stuff as well, like milk duds. You know, you pull out a little box. They hear, That's they hear so that shit. Smart. They hear that shit shaking. They're like, Ooh, yeah, and the pheromones start going. Yeah, the Doritos, man. Nah, nah. Nobody wants. Also, it's like that thing. I don't know if you the ever hung out with bar. friends and stuff, and you like brought out a bag of Doritos. Doritos, another thing it does, gets fucking shit all over your fingers. I said you got to yeah, bring so wet wipes. So yeah, you yeah, got you your motherfucking friends yeah. doing this shit. Like I'm fucking my the, fingers. Like Michael Rooker and Morats when he had the chocolate covered pretzel. And then you see their gross. you see their gross asses stick yeah, their hands back and you're like, and you're you like, just ruined my bag of Doritos, man. Take that shit. Bitch. My mom bought that shit for the house. <laughs> and you're like, okay. that's that's worse than double dipping. Don't double dip. Don't yeah, double dip, but don't with fucking apartment. lick your fingers and stick your fucking hands back in the bag unless if it's a fucking bag that's yours on yours alone. 
Mm-hmm. Save that shit for the privacy of your own home. Dave. Mm-hmm. Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I can just see Dave that would hanging off a stone in fucking moped licking his fucking fingers. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> he goes back in and he's wondering why every girl hates him. Fucking Robin Tooney's ass just like Man, he fucking sucks. Why are you even talking to this fucking dude? And she's right, because Dave sucks. Everybody knows. <laughs> Dave sucks. The movie knows that. Like, you ever see, like, the video cover? Dave's not even fucking on it. Yeah. And, like, Tony should just sat him down and explain to him what the deal was. Anyway. So, <laughs> how many... No, that was great. That was lovely. How many... Also, this could have been a dog food snack time, just saying. Yeah, dude. You know what he eats in that? Cookie crisp. That's what Link is eating <laughs> in the bowl. I do, I do like, I, you know, I don't think I've had cookie, cookie crisp. crisp. It feels like something I would really like, though, it's which is cookie best. with cereal. Yeah, it's a cookie cereal. <laughs> yeah. How many, how many gazungas do you give it? Gazungas. Gazungas. Dude, I, I'm not gonna lie though. Like Doritos do get a five. I mean, like yes, I, bro, I don't blame yes, Dave. My guy. I blame him, but I don't blame Dave. You know, you get high, my you forget sometimes. Because like this is shit. Like from the '90s, they, they're afraid to show that they've been smoking weed the whole time. But it's very clear. I love but, you know Stoner movies. I love that era of Stoner movies where they don't get stoned. I just yeah. love that it's just perfectly unfed, but it's just there. Like you yeah. like, and you need to know that to validate. The whole experience. <laughs> like, you can't, Bill and Ted just doesn't work if, unless you understand that they're kind of like this stoner duo. You yeah. know? How else are you going to fucking, like, calm a fucking caveman down? If just you're, exactly. Blunt, man. Like, calm. Calm down. And easy. Calm down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Dave, speaking of Dave, Sean Aston plays Dave. We've talked about Woo. his sort of career and everything by this point. But, I mean, you know, he was... I do love me some Sean Aston. I do Dave. love Sean Aston as well. And he, he was reluctant to do this part. He read the script. <laughs> really? It, it, like, it, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, it pretty much reminded me of, like, we were fucking, like, cheesing on his little brother in uh, Garbage Pell Kids movie. And oh, how his, my his God. father, you remember, you remember the whole thing about his, his dad was sort of like, uh, like, dude, don't fucking do this fucking movie. And he's trying to get his kid, his little McKenzie, was it McKenzie Aston? He's trying to get yeah. him out of that fucking movie. And his dad's just like, dude, this film sucks. Like, don't do this. It's all really then, cool. You know, his mom set it all up and everything. And it was all like fucking crazy. But yeah, this, this is, uh, it reminded me of that. But this time it's like Sean taking after his dad. He's just like. Nah, this is the dumbest, biggest piece of shit I've ever read. But at this point, he was trying to pivot to directing, you know, like a lot of young mm-hmm. actors who aren't really making it in Hollywood for, you know, film roles anymore. He's he's trying to pivot, keep in the career somehow, uh, find his way into his adulthood. Uh, but Jeffrey Katzenberg was personally calling him up, trying to get him to sign up for the movie. And he offered him $150,000 up front with a $400,000 fee on the back end after the film and he was hearing about Pauly Shore being attached and he looked up Pauly Shore's work on MTV. He didn't really know much about Pauly Shore. And after this, Sean, Sean Aston was like even less inclined about doing the role. Um, but Disney offered to, to pay him $250,000 up front and he agreed to do it if they optioned a short film for him to direct. Uh, so they did. 
And the short film actually became the Academy Award nominated 1994 short called Kangaroo Court. So he did okay with it after the fact. Uh, but yeah, he admits that he basically only took the role because of the short. And he says he regrets it now, as even though it is stupid, it was stupid in a wonderful way. And he's grown mm-hmm. to love the film and he, he loves that the people love the film. And he was just like, I was too self-important at the time to really appreciate yeah. what it was. And that's like really nice. It's nice to see. And that's kind of like Dave. Around. Yeah. That's literally yeah. Dave's arc he, in the fucking movie. Did, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so you can kind of see it. It's weird. Like he, he, I don't think he really liked Pauly Shore either, especially <laughs> at first. And I think Pauly Shore. I imagine it's like a Tommy Lee Jones, Jim Carrey situation. Yeah. <laughs> like Batman yeah. forever. I think Polly Shore is like one of these people like where you see, you might see him and you don't really understand it. Like the first time you see him and mm. you're like, fuck, who is this fucking guy? Fuck this guy. And then you like actually go hang around with him and you're like, oh, he's fucking cool. <laughs> like, <you know? laughs> and he just wears off on you. Yeah. It's that thing. Dude, he's like, he's your friend from high school. Yeah. You liked hanging out with him and he was funny. You grow up and you don't want to hang out with him anymore. <laughs> But yeah. sometimes it's fun to go back and just, you know, like see him for a couple hours and see they, they haven't changed and yeah. it sort of reminds you of the, the times and that person you were. Absolutely. At the time. And that's totally sure. Yeah. He's still like that. Fine. I still and he's him. still like that. <laughs> I'm, he's due for like a second comeback. Yeah, dude. You know he what I mean? Like he had, he, he kind of had a comeback with like the aforementioned Paulie Shore dead because that would yeah. like that did some that sort of got some attention on him and like showed him in like an you know uh his strength as a filmmaker and then yeah. he kind of i don't know he kind of disappeared again and i'm was, waiting for someone to like just pick like, him up and put him in a drama move like yeah. a fucking like an like an andrew dice clay mm. you know like i forget what he was in oh he had dice the show which would yeah which was pretty good and he was really good in it um and i'm i feel like that i bet he had that kind of potential well, but I don't know. He did. He did get put in Pinocchio, as we found out last oh, week. Fuck yeah! <laughs> Apart from Pinocchio, <laughs> no. Um, which you? Yeah. Which I was just doing to fuck with you. Yeah. When will I go on my own so I could be a real boy, Dad? <laughs> they should have just let him do it at the weed, buddy. Buddy. <laughs> yeah, dude. Polly Shore, though. Like, I think, like, uh, I think that whole Polly Shore's dead thing was like maybe a decade and a half too early. It was or yeah. A decade it, it, too that early. was like. That was pretty quick after his yeah. sort of downfall. It was like early 2000s or something. Yeah, because I, I feel like if it was now, you're, you're like 30 years after the fact. It's like, dude, yeah. Like, you know, I can I can like go back and I want to see how he's doing. Like, you know, it would make a hell of a Netflix documentary. You know, you know what I mean? Like just sort of a catch yeah. up on Pauly Shore's career, the rise and the fall and just sort of like what he's doing now and just like, you know, It'd be interesting. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, well, speaking of comebacks, Brendan Fraser plays Link, aka Linkovich Chamofsky, which is a fucking brilliant name. A, br- that's a brilliant name. Yeah, so good. I did good. Like this whole fucking thing is so stupid, but it's like hilarious. Like these really busy parents who just like get confused in the fact that like, you know, like, oh, maybe I, I do remember. Uh, something about a forge and Shane Stewart. Don't you remember? <laughs> don't God, you we talked about, about my this. grades. Yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> just the fucking like zoned out, like completely disassociated, like 
useless parent is yeah. one of my favorite like movie tropes as well. Well, again, always- we're dealing with a secondhand high here. We're dealing with secondhand high because, like, you know, you know, Stoney's been smoking some shit, He's and then like fucking, they come yeah. home. And then, like, and the whole house, yeah, the house is end. reeking, and they're just getting the secondhand high, and like anything goes. And anything he, goes. why did they let him over? He comes over, eats their food, he makes inappropriate comments about their daughter. She's way yeah, too dude, young that's, for that joke. That joke that is joke so weird. weird. It's the that's way it's like, the, you know, pro- that's the most the inappropriate thing about this film. Like, yeah. it's fucking gross. And it would have been fine if she was just like aged up a little bit. She's yeah. just a bit too young. Yeah. It doesn't. It she really looks, doesn't work. She looks twelve, and it. It's like he's clearly like twenty four. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I was looking this up afterwards. I was just like, they look fucking like Paulie Shaw looks like ten years too old to play this. Yeah, and he's only only twenty. And I was like, yeah, he, looked, he does look significantly older than everybody else here. He partied way too hard. Exactly. Uh, yeah, he Paulie Shaw is like Slurms McKenzie from Futurama. <laughs> where if you remember that like episode where he's just like the the mascot who like partied like way too hard yeah and now just like wants to die <laughs> or like wants in life to mean something well brendan fraser this is only his second film role and it was his first starring role uh before he got the role uh there were claims that jim carrey and nicholas cage were considered but this was disputed by george saloom and les mayfield they both were like, nah, they weren't considered. Um, but instead, you did have a young Ben Stiller out there vying for the role. And no. <laughs> no. <laughs> they loved Ben Stiller. He apparently had a great audition and he brought like, they were like, oh my God, this could actually work. You know, like they, you know, early 90s Ben Stiller is somehow it was like whatever it was he was doing and his audition, it was fucking working and he would have gotten the role, I think, but there was a scheduling conflict and he couldn't do it. And then the studio chased after up and coming actor, Brendan Fraser. And like I said, he wasn't big at this time. He, mm. he basically was uh, fresh out of college. He moved to Hollywood in 1990 and he, he got a small role in the river Phoenix film called Dogfight. And I guess he had a little buzz about him. He was, uh, he was at the time he was, he was being considered for Encino man. He was also testing for school ties, which came out the same year. And he kind of considered himself more of a thespian and he didn't want to be the slushy drinking caveman. Uh, so he basically didn't want to harm his chances with school ties. And he wasn't really keen on Encino man either, much like Sean Astin. So, Fraser apparently went and did the screen test anyway. And he blew everybody away. And um, it was something about the, like, the way he was moving and stuff. It just really impressed people. It was just like the way he moved his body. That's one of the better, yeah, like the best bits about his performance is the physicality. I love yeah. the way he moved. Just so like, it feels like a weird and out of this world. And like a caveman would like yeah. sort of move. It just feel maybe that's the thespian at work, you know, yeah. just like he <laughs> obviously took the role seriously enough yeah. to like imbibe it with some truth and like believability, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Pauly Shore said that when he saw the screen test, I was like, holy shit, this guy became the caveman. This was some real <laughs> shit. This is not a spoof. I was turned on by how convincing he was. And uh, Fraser was still like not really wanting to do it. And he passed on Encino Man after he was offered the role because he only had eyes for school ties. But soon was convinced by Les Mayfield and George Zaloom that he could do both. 
And that and he fucking did. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, we don't want you to act like a caveman. Like we want you to be yourself. And they kind of sold him on the whole idea about it. It's like becoming family, like becoming a new family. And that's sort of the theme behind the film. And they were just like, you know, just be yourself, be sweet and likable. And just like, you're like a fish out of water. And that was what it was that like became Brendan Fraser's career. The fish out of water. Like the fish it was out born of water. here. Nobody plays like that bright eyed, mm. like full of wonder and confusion yes. <laughs> and sincerity better than Brendan Fraser. And it's perfect here. It's, it's, a, it's a great way of thinking of the character like that, because it's, that is once they clean him up and shit, the only real difference is that he can't communicate. He doesn't know how to communicate with these people. And he doesn't yeah. really know what anything is in this place. Yeah. Like when he first wakes up, I think that stuff is really interesting. Yeah. It's actually kind <laughs> yeah. of scary. Like yeah. everything's really loud and big and scary to him. And he tries to attack like the, fucking van oh yeah and the like fucking the, mammoth like it looks like man. a yeah yeah and he's so afraid great. of animals and stuff yeah. and it's just but like that would freak you out like i forgot about the the, the whole and a bit of a prologue to this movie that i forgot about we yeah. see him yeah as a caveman um with and betty the fucking yeah with betty nugs and it's like <laughs> you said i'm assuming it's the time of the ice age and there's an earthquake and fucking his cave collapses whatever yeah so like going, but I think that's important to see not only for obviously the ending, but like for a moment like that to see his world really like the difference between his world and then what he wakes up to, which is yeah. like he's in the middle of suburbia <laughs> yeah. and that would freak him the fuck out. Cause he just literally doesn't, I imagine it's like what the, I know that's probably not a, a, a real story, it's more fantasy than fiction, but like the fucking train coming into the platform movie. Yeah. And everybody freaking out in the audience, you know, because <laughs> they just don't have the faculty to deal with it. Yeah. Um, I imagine it like that. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was funny that whole sequence as well, because I kind of forgot about it as well. I mean, I, I do, I do slightly remember the Betty Noggs thing. And I remember there was the cave you know, his cave woman partner. Who comes I remember that end. being the ending. Yeah. Well, like I didn't really think about it until we were watching it with me and Julia. And it was at the beginning of the film. And Julia was just like, let me guess she's going <laughs> to at the end. And I was just like, Oh, huh, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Why else is she there? Yeah. And then I like, maybe I, you got to see, you might set itself up for yeah. a sequel. And I, I completely forgot. And see no I woman. Like, I was like, Oh, She caught it. <laughs> California, California woman. Was yeah. that a movie? Uh, Feels like it sets itself up for hmm. a sequel. Maybe. Maybe there was. Uh, well, let's get through the rest of the cast. We have Megan Ward as Robin Sweeney. She uh, is the love interest. But she also plays, if if you're, she, she's in just a few things, but you might remember from Alex Winter's uh, Freaked. She plays <laughs> yeah, she the freak. love interest in that as well, who gets sewed up next to his friend. Um <laughs> Yeah, Michael DeLuise. Shush. Shush. Is Matt Wilson. He's actually the son. Like, I, I saw DeLuise and I was like, oh, I wonder Dom if, if he's related to Dom DeLuise. I didn't know he was his son. He's, a, he's Is he the really son his of, son? Yeah, he's the son of the so actor, sick. comedian, and chef Dom DeLuise. Um, yeah, and like you said, he's in Wayne's World. He's one of Wayne and Garth's headbanging buddies. Uh, yeah, Robin Tooney in her debut film role is uh, Robin's friend Ella. Yeah, weird going from Empire Records to this movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's this to Empire Records. No, but like that was the last yeah. one we watched. Oh, oh, yeah, like yeah, with yeah, her yeah. In, yeah, Just being like, yeah. oh, going backwards. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, because we, we did the craft as well, me and Ari. And then like, mm. yeah, so the craft. Should, 
we're just going backwards. Yeah, it's great. Uh, Another debut and fucking it blew me away because I've never noticed her in this film before. Rose McGowan is like yeah. one of the students. It was just like, holy I shit. That too. Yeah, she had holy one shit. line. It's just like, pulled yeah. down. she said something innocuous. Like he's yeah. hot. Or something. Dude, I really want to like seeing that. And I was just kind of thinking about it. And I remember like years ago at the beginning of the podcast, uh, going off about jawbreaker and like sort of slightly talking jawbreaker about is it. Great. But I want, I was like, dude, I want to do an episode on jawbreaker. Maybe we just need to do like a teen movie season or something like that yeah. sometime. Um, Sandra Hess plays the cave nug or the Encino <laughs> woman. Uh, she, she would go on to play Sonya blade in mortal Kombat annihilation. Like that's oh, really? her other sort of notable role. Oh God. <laughs> um, yeah. And then of course, another big reunion, uh, of yes. sorts here, uh, Two, slash, yeah. slash a big, huge comeback this year. It's, uh, mm. it's the one and only Goonies reunion out of any film ever to this point or since, you know, it, there was never another Goonies reunion. Apparently uh, it is Sean Astin's former Goondocks pal, uh, <laughs> Kwan, who plays Kim, the computer mm. club kid. Uh, yeah, I did yeah. an email this, this past week about the whale and everything everywhere all at once. Uh, and I like had the photo of Brendan Fraser and, and Kwan together, like from, Encino man. And then like I, another photo of them together, like at the critics choice awards, because like yeah. they hadn't seen each other in like 30 years or whatever. And he's just it's like, so ran sweet. And chased them down. And he's like, Brendan, <laughs> it's so, <laughs> so nice cool. to see them like back in those circles. And again, like, um, I watched a, like a Hollywood report, like actors round table. And yeah. They I saw that. that. Yeah. Yeah. That was, and that, and, exactly. Yeah, and Colin Farrell. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very good episode. Very good. Um, and it's very sweet. Um, yeah, and at the moment where he talks about them reuniting and Brendan just saying to him, we're still here. Yes. It's like 20 years later, we're still here. Um, and it's, yeah, yeah. it's really nice to see them two together now. And yeah, like uh, and people remembering and realizing it's like, yes, they were together in California, man. It showed that movie some love. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and also that was a reunion for Sean Astin and Kwan. Like I'm, a, I'm, I'm betting they do something with him now, like some sort of belated legacy sequel. I, I don't think you need to, but I know Hollywood is sort of tapped for ideas, mm. um, and they'll want to fucking milk that whatever it's worth. I know they keep saying a short round movie, and but like, I, I would be down for a Goonie like reunion. Yeah, that I'm surprised they haven't done that yet because there's yeah. quite. Which gonna passed any- away though. Yeah, but you know they probably wouldn't have hired him anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you get someone else to do it. You get, but um, but yeah, there was like you know he he brings it up in that roundtable thing uh, that like Jeff Cohen who plays uh, Chunk in the Goonies is his like entertainment lawyer. It's, yeah, it's attorney. Entertainment lawyer, so it's just hilarious. Oh, dude, wait, that's actually a great Goonies movie to be made now. Like, right, like it's about their kid going off on their own adventure, absolutely, trouble. Yeah. and then the parents maybe they've grown apart over the years yeah. they have to reunite become the goonies again in order to save their kid yeah that's fucking great that's a yeah. movie right there and you just Hold on, I'm gonna hire call all my the lawyer. stranger things kids to play all the kids no <laughs> <laughs> God damn uh, um oh yeah and last but not least the band that performs at the dance 
They were the super group Infectious Grooves. Let's talk about the music, man. This is uh, mostly members <laughs> of the <laughs> Suicidal <laughs> Tendencies. Uh, basically, there was like, you know, the singer and the guitarist from Suicidal Tendencies. There was, uh, what's his face from Metallica, the bass player from Metallica, Dave was it Dave uh, Trujillo? Trujillo? Yeah, Trujillo. Dave yeah, Trujillo. Trujillo. Um, playing bass. He's in the film as well. You got Jane's Addictions drummer Stephen Perkins, and they're playing the song Feed the Monkey. Uh, and of course, we already mentioned Right's Head Fred's I'm Too Sexy. We've got a, which, that was a song in the 90s. It was like on every fucking oh, soundtrack. Crazy. In the 90s. That was a place, yeah. uh, The Smithereens version of Wooly Bully, which again, another song oh, yeah. that's just in a lot of fucking movies. Uh, we have the Jesus and Mary Chain, Why Do You Want Me, uh, Queen Queen's uh, Stone Cold Crazy, uh, and then you're getting into sort of like this weird like 90s MTV, sort of like weird metal stuff with like, you know, Motley Cruz, Vince Nils, You're Invited But Your Friend Can't Come, you got Cheap Tricks, wild, like Cover a Wild Thing, which is mm. just really weird. Uh, you got Scatterbrain's cover of LL Cool J's Mama Said Knock You Out, which is like yeah. also really weird and kind of fun. This is like That's soundtrack fun. is all like fucking odd as shit, isn't it? It's, it's like really all weird, over the place. Yeah. It's almost that, that could have just been the LL Cool metal, J version. Like, it would have worked. Yeah, that yeah, new metal kind of coming. Yeah, in. Again, it's like it's proto new metal <laughs> convergence. Like it hadn't had a name yet. Yeah. Like a two, not grunge. Like a two radio friendly for grunge, but not yeah. like quite a refined that new metal would become it's yeah just like yeah it's just sort of great like yeah trashy metal like yeah sort of that, like mix that of faith no more style like yeah and know, like yeah and lots of and like night i missed that like 90s movies that were just grungy covers of like old 80s <laughs> yeah. like i was watching i was yeah. watching cloaks the other day and it's a fucking like punk cover of go your own way and like in in more rap than the than the cover of um, Build Me Up Buttercup, yeah. you know, like they're just like that was just such a staple. I remember Bloodhound Gang did one for I think it was something about Mary. They did Along Comes Mary. Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. With Along all the Comes Mary, 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 Mary. That's one of my with favorite Bloodhound Gang yeah. songs. It's so good. You know what? Guilt, guilty pleasure, Bloodhound Gang for sure. Yeah, like, I actually really. I like think we talked about King. this before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah their first two albums. No, yeah. They're like. Yeah, the first like three albums yeah. are really good. It's like one of those 2001 films that you know you you go back and watch and you're like, but you know, guilty pleasure. It's, it's more like you go back to that one 2001 film. You're like, ah, oh, this isn't really good. It's kind of shitty and like it was big at the time, but I don't know. Yeah. But it's more like you realize that the people who made it made like. Other, like good films around it that yeah. nobody saw. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of the Bloodhound game. <laughs> yeah. like they have some really good songs, yeah. actually. <laughs> like just I, the, I mean, I always remember maybe a, not like the bad touch. Yeah, <laughs> like Chase yeah, Lane. Dude, and shit. Fuck, yeah, Chasey. Oh god, Chasey Lane. Oh, horrible song. Yeah. But but then stuff like Inevitable Return of the Great White Dope. That's yeah, a good song and fun. And al- along comes Mary. Like I just remember that that's a good particularly song. because they were like good friends with like Bam Margera, and they were like you know in all see the and that was all part of that thing you. And there's a great, like, yeah. great video of Ryan Dunn doing like dumb stunts and BMXing, like in I think CKY3, where the, that's the needle drop. And it's perfect. We gotta Sorry. like, is, is it possible to do like an episode about the CKY movies? <laughs> <laughs> if we ever do, if we ever do Jackass, yeah, there's fucking four of those movies now. Yeah, 
We could CKY totally get, would CKY be like the offshoot. Way in. My, I, I prefer, prefer prefer CKY movies than Jackass. And I like the Jackass I d- movies. I love the Jackass stuff, but like it's more like, again, nostalgia. Like yeah. I, what I grew up on with the CKY videos yeah. and the Jackass show. Yeah. And maybe, and like it going into the first movie. And like two, three, four are really fun. Yeah. They're, they're great. Nothing against them. But it's just you grow, you naturally sort of grow up yeah. and sort of out of it. Although they, they try and grow up with you, which I think is what keeps the later movies. Yeah. They're great. I mean, I had a blast. Like Jack watching Ford, Jackass Forever. Like, we didn't even I just, talk about yeah. that on the No, my brother just showed it, it to me not, not too long ago, like a couple of months ago. And it was yeah. really sweet. It was yeah. really fun. Yeah. Very fun. Very fun. Well, Encino Man was shot over 30 to 40 days in California between December 1991 and February 1992. And according to Les Mayfield and George Zaloom, the two hardest scenes to shoot were the driver's ed scene and the roller coaster scene. They had to get a stunt guy who could drive on two wheels to do the driver's ed scene. And they ended up hiring some dude that looked like he was like 80 years old. Uh, so they had to like put, <laughs> you know, a wig on him to make him look like Brendan Fraser. But they also had to like watch out for their camera angles because it's like, dude, this is just some old geezer driving this <laughs> yeah. car. I can't believe they were actually fucking doing that though. Like, yeah, it doesn't great. make and sense. And he goes for ages. Yeah. It doesn't People make sense. Do that. Like that yeah. someone could drive on like, because it looks like could, a gag, you know. It doesn't. It doesn't seem real. Like it's like, yeah. how could you even do that? Like it, you just feel like, oh, they'd have like the car turn. I'm sure they did up, yeah. have it sort of in certain sequences, Waited. but there must have been a moment where they were able to like turn it on its side and just get a little bit of the shots. But still, that's fucking bizarre. Um, and then yeah, the roller coaster scene. It was just like basically the problem was that like by the time they got to the fourth or fifth take. Holly Shore was like green and he was puking and they, he they looks just, like he's really yeah. going to be thick as well. <laughs> just like, we need to do another shot. And he's like, no, fuck you. <laughs> like, I don't want to do another one. So that was like the biggest problem. But uh, during the shoot, like it was all good. I mean, Polly Shore basically had this like MTV crew around him the whole time. He, he basically got the clearance from Disney that like MTV could be there and they were going to be shooting the whole time. And like in the long run, it helped. Because, like, you're in a fucking time where it's just after uh, Bill and Ted's, uh, I guess, Bogus Journey was probably coming out around the same time. Wayne's World mm-hmm. had just come out. And, oh you know, God, this yeah. stoner sort of buddy duo bullshit was, like, really popular. Pauly Shore was on MTV. And the film opens, like, May 1992, literally just a few months after they wrapped. I don't know how they fucking did post-production that quick, but whatever. Uh, I guess they didn't care. They were just like, whatever, put this shit out. And it took in $9.8 million in its opening weekend and it would go on to earn $40.7 million. And it did pretty well for North a America. film like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then it would open uh, later in the year, I think around September in the UK, where it was titled California Man and it did pretty well. It was like fifth that week it came out. Not bad. Uh, and yeah. Phil, you said the Encino woman, eh? Huh? 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 Yes. There was a few years later, I think it was 1996, a forgotten Encino man knockoff movie. Well, it was not a knockoff, a a sequel weird fucking movie called Encino Woman. There was no one, no one else was in it, but it was a woman and it was sort of like the same story sort of, but it was a woman this time and it wasn't Betty Nuggs or whatever. That sounds mad problematic. Yeah. It was just, it was <laughs> a woman like a time. weird science thing. 
Yeah. And, about uh, a couple of boys who dethrow a cave woman and they try to bang him. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know what the deal with the story is, but it was like, it was a woman though. And okay. it bombed in the ratings and like it got buried. No, I didn't even know about it. I never saw it, um, which is funny. But there was talk about possibly Disney doing something, at least Pauly Shore saying, that he's really up for doing something like a Disney Plus special, and I've heard this, and I, I doubt it. I Sean doubt Astin it. and Brendan Fraser are up for it as well. So I don't know. What would you Maybe. do? What would you even do with that? Like he, it's twenty years later. He's just a guy now. Would you not want to you know see what I mean? like what happened to Link? Like how have you evolved? Over like Stony's still Stony, right? He's still just high. Yeah, which is just sad. Now yeah. it's just a fifty-year-old guy in fucking sequin shirts and neck scarf. Yeah. Hanging out, driving his moped, getting stoned. Sean asked him, like, like, Dave is divorced. He uh, somehow convinced a woman to marry him, Robin to marry him. They have like a kid and everybody hates him because he sucks. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, because they were high school sweethearts and it just didn't work. And he's like, he works at a car dealership now or some shit. Um, And then, but Link is like really successful in Hollywood Mm. or something. And maybe he comes back for like, it's a high school reunion. There we go. There we go. Yeah. It's like American Pie reunion. Dave's and they ball. All come back. Uh, sorry, not Dave. Uh, uh, whatever the fuck. Lincoln Bolt. No, the uh, Michael DeLuise, like the, uh, the boy. Shush. The boy. Yeah, he's yeah he's bald. He has such amazing hair. He's bald and he's fat. <laughs> yeah. Bring in, bring Rose McGowan back. All right. You know oh, what? I'm great. Dude, I'm, I'm down. Great like, if yeah, Rose yeah, McGowan's in, I'm down. My idea? I'm killing down. it today, dude. I'm, I'm writing the <laughs> California man sequel and a Goonies sequel. Yeah. Fucking need to like timestamp all this like mail a yeah, copy yeah. of this episode to ourselves so it's like poor man's copyright Copyrights. yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh well overall encino man or california man it was a commercial hit it flopped with the critics though who thought it was really stupid and there was a lot of hate with, shit. <laughs> yeah who cares it was a lot of hate heaped on uh you know Polly shore basically and it earned him a razzie for worst new star that year but it's like he's not bad at it, but though. It's like he's the, actually not bad. Yeah, it's like it's like the boomers just don't even fucking get it, man. You know, like because Polly Shore, you, man, Polly Shore would like become an icon of Gen X, man. It was yeah, like he's the, he's the he people champ, fucking icon, and yeah. he would like further cement himself in cultural landscape in Hollywood. You know, in the nineties, buddy, because he, he would turn <laughs> out hits. And bums a plenty with <laughs> movies like Son-in-Law and In the Army Now, which saw Brendan Fraser reprise his role as Link in both movies. And then Polly Shore's oh, peak run also included films like Jury Duty, a goofy movie, Lean and Tower of Cheese, and Biodome. Before his career sort of entered the what happened to... Holy sure files. Uh, Sean Aston, of course, he went to go do uh, Kangaroo Court. Like I said earlier, he would play Rudy in 1993's Rudigy. But like his career started to slow down in the 90s. But then it, you know, had a whole new life. He plays Samwise Ganji in Peter Jackson's The Lord of the Rings trilogy. All and after good that, he didn't movie. have to do a f- he didn't have to do a fucking thing after yeah. those, you know. And of course, Brendan Fraser would uh, see his star rise. Fucking yeah, this is just the beginning, ties. dude. Encino Man, these shits just catapult him to fame. As I mentioned, he popped up in Son of Law as a cameo. Maybe we'll do, I don't know, maybe they'll come back in Thanksgiving time. I don't know. I don't know. A few other, you know, he had a few other roles in 1993. Uh, But his next notable role came in the form 
of 1994's Airheads, where Ooh. the Renaissance mini arc will take us next week. Buddy. We know in the crustiest vato I've ever witnessed. <laughs> I'm gonna miss Polly Shore. <laughs> we'll, we'll come back to Polly Shore. I love Polly Shore. Polly Shore and Jim Varney as like. Oh, Ernest. I love me some Jim oh Varney, man. God. I love it. 90s, like bullshit galore. Ernest saves Christmas, Ernest gets stupid, that, 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 that. Slam dunk Ernest. Oh, Slam dunk Ernest. You yeah. never. Just you not the later one you just where he goes to like know. Africa and shit. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. You just don't know yeah. about a man who like finds magical shoes pre, pre, like, pre, pre like Mike. Pre like Mike. This motherfucker <laughs> slam dunking and stuff. And a whole group of people, including the guy who played Joanna Man, and he was like in life and a few other fucking, I can't remember this dude's name, but like he was in a lot of fucking movies back in the day, like hating on Ernest so much it's so hardcore it's like you feel so bad you never thought you could feel so bad for a redneck it's crazy man uh don't you miss the 90s i hope you miss the 90s because this year is just gonna be that it's all the 90s it's all the 90s (laughs) included next week with yeah a very 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 90s film with uh adam sandler steve buscemi Michael McKeon, and of course our boy Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser. Isn't Judd Nelson in this movie? Judd Nelson's in it as well, yeah. Yeah, fuck, yeah, man. Fuck a like, renegade cast, man. Yeah. Out of control. Go. We're going to go catch up with the Lone Rangers. Yeah. Let's see what's going on with them. What a name. All right, well, that's going to be next week. As always, you can uh, follow us at the PCC Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, or you can hit us up at podcastprincecharlescinema.com if you want to send us an email. And if you like the podcast, you can support us over there at patreon.com forward slash the PCC podcast, where $5 or more a month will get you bonus episodes where we're doing special stuff. We got a lot of fun stuff coming up this year. Um, and then also, if you just support as low as just like $1 or one pound a month, you're going to get bonus stuff as well. There's a lot of new movies coming out. Phil and I have been doing new movie reviews uh, for the last like year and a half or two. I don't know. It's been a while now. Uh, mm-hmm. And I know next week we're probably if I can talk to talk Phil into it off the air I'm gonna be talking about something really new that's uh kind of coming full circle and all this shit because that's what started with uh our boy who likes a twist over there on Patreon. oh you don't have to convince me you know and I want to watch this movie fucking Dave <laughs> Batista's in it my boy yeah, what boy yes yeah all right I'm in so you can find us there Phil how you living how you how you hanging what do you want to say you know parting words hanging Parting words? I don't know. You can find me at the cinema. I haven't said that in a while. You finished those Doritos. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not doing anything later. Don't yeah. worry. I hit you, cool. No plans, I got no please. plans. I got no plans. Don't at me. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I'm trying. I've got a. Uh, I've got a thing tomorrow. Uh, showing, uh, doing little like cast, little cast and crew, little rap party thing. Yeah. Very bladed. But I'm gonna show everybody what I what is almost basically the like my final cut pretty much. Damn, um, I'm gonna miss it. Which it's weird. Um, <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna be a really painful experience for me. Um, but <laughs> but yeah, hopefully that goes well. And I've like I've I've already watched it and I've already like 
I've already picked up part a few things I need to change already. Mm-hmm. But like, it's my last sort of like round of feedback. I think if anybody wants to give me feedback, I I don't know how nice everybody will be. Um, but yeah, it's um it's weird. I'm sort of coming. I mean, it's not the end of. I mean, it's the end of the whole making of it, which is weird. I mean, I don't think now I have to like take it out and like show it to people, and now that's another hard bit. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm coming to sort of the end of yeah, like actually the making of the film, which is weird. That's good though. Um, I mean, I'm so excited, yeah. so excited. Like, I'm I'm bummed I can't be there because I was invited to come to this thing, but I've got my first uh, gig with my new band that I'm playing with on bass yeah. uh, tomorrow in Southend. Um, so uh, no one. You know, this episode's going to be going out after the fact, so it doesn't matter. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, it's fun. Yeah, come on down. Anyone yeah, come on down. Uh, Anybody who's wearing a Poly Short t shirt can get in for free. Yes, um, <laughs> that's the rule. <laughs> yeah, yeah should, uh, should look it up. Um, and I'm looking forward to more Brendan Fraser. Me Fraser. too, man. Me too. I'm Me in. too. I feel like there wasn't enough said about how awesome he is. Yeah, it will, this we'll was, get there. Yeah, too much. Well, you know, this, this was the Polly Shore episode. Yeah, this was like Polly Shore's, which we were overdue, which we were overdue but, for anyway. Yeah, Brendan Fraser is gonna like get his next time. You know, although he does have to compete with like very strong performances by Adam Sandler and uh, Steve Buscemi, but it's okay. Uh, yeah, I remember he's rocking the hair. He's looking buff. He, he's doing some power poses. He's pretty funny in the, n- the next film. I'm looking forward to it. I haven't seen it in quite a few years, so it's going to be hilarious. But uh, until then, you know, fucking, you know, I don't know. Just, just wheeze on just that juice, it. man, buddy. Yes. Catch you later. Catch you buddy. later, buddy. <laughs> this podcast is presented by the Breadcrumbs Collective, home of the Pod Charles Cinecast, Caged In Coppola Connections, A Droop Town Limery, Maine, franchised, and many more to come. Our shows are all presented ad-free and made possible by listeners like you. Please support our shows by subscribing, leaving ratings and reviews, and becoming patrons at patreon.com. If you'd like to learn more about Breadcrumbs, head over to breadcrumbscollective.com. Breadcrumbs. It's more than a podcast network. It's family.